I'm Ashley Horn. And I'm Sarah Knight. And this is the Rooted Branches Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us again this week. I am so excited about our topic today, which is attitude of gratitude. We just came off the Thanksgiving season. We're going into the holiday season. So I thought it would be a wonderful time to talk about gratitude. To get started with this, Ashley, why don't you hit us with some Webster's definitions? Because I know you've already got them. Yes, I'm ready with the dictionary. Gratitude comes from the word grateful, and grateful basically means that you are appreciative of the benefits received, something that is affording pleasure or contentment. Contentment, that is something that is super important to me. It's something that I have struggled with, and it's something that I've had to really learn the hard way. So I've got a story for you, and this is not a story that I share with many people. A lot of people who have known me for a long time have never really heard me talk about this because it is such a deep thing that happened in my life. And I want to tell you about how an Abercrombie and Fitch outfit saved my life. (laughs) So it was back in the Christmas of 2007. Of course, I was just a teenager. So this Abercrombie and Fitch outfit was like, something that I really wanted. It was the epitome of fashion goals to me. So I got it for Christmas that year. And then I got really sick after Christmas. I had strep throat. I was really sick. Blisters all through my mouth and my throat, like really down. So it had been like a couple weeks and I was like, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to wear this Abercrombie and Fitch outfit to church. I'm done being sick. I'm going I'm going to wear this to show off my outfit. So I go to church that morning. You know, I'm still sick, very sick, but I I was feeling cute. We come home from church that day and my dad tries to open the garage door of our house and it wouldn't open. And so he was like, okay, that's weird. I don't know what's going on. Maybe the electric's off something. I don't know. So he goes and he opens the front door of the house and just smoke billows out of our house. And he's like, the house is on fire. Call 911. So we all jump out of the car. Josh, my boyfriend at the time, who's my husband now, he calls 911. And we're all just panicked. We're freaking out. We're running around the house. Nobody knows what to do. Um, Josh is on the phone with 911. And we're all just in complete and total panic. And in that moment, as a teenager, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we are losing everything. What are we going to do? So I start running into the house and I'm like, we have to save something. My dad in that moment, I got two steps into that smoke filled house. My dad grabs the back of that Abercrombie and Fitch hoodie and yanks me back out of the house. Like not today, stupid, not today. So he was like, it's not worth it. Stay out here. So we lived way out, way out in the country. And the first fire department to get there was a volunteer fire department. God bless them, but they just did not have much water with them in their tank. So they ran out of water quickly and it it had taken them a while to get there. So by the time other fire departments had gotten there, it was too far gone. There was nothing they could do. It was total loss. The house is still burning. We go to my grandparents' parsonage. They, They pastored the church we went to and... 
all we had to our name at that point, you know, we had to change out of our clothes. After the fire was over, we go back to the side of our house and we're standing there in these gray sweatsuits. I'm covered still in blisters in my mouth and my throat. And I'm just looking at total devastation and total loss. We had lost absolutely everything we had to our names. And in that moment, I felt like Job in the Bible, like, oh my gosh, like I'm covered in sores. I have lost everything material that I have ever had in my life. It was such a low point, especially, you know, for my parents, uh, for me and my sister, it was just, we were brought so, so low. And, you know, it reminds me of that scripture in Philippians uh, 4.12. This is the NIV version. It says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation because we went from having this beautiful home and we went to nothing and we had to put our faith in God because at that moment, that was all we had left. And what I would love to do now is introduce my sister. She is not only my sister in the Lord, but she is my sister in life, Heather Robertson, to give you a little bit of her perspective on that day. Hey guys, my name is Heather Robertson and I'm so excited to be joining you all on this podcast today. Thank you, Ashley and Sarah, for giving me this opportunity. So I was asked to share a little bit of my perspective on the day our house burned down. It's been almost 15 years ago, but I can remember it like it was yesterday. I remember so vividly the smoke that filled the air, the flames consuming the house. I remember the sounds of the house falling apart while I stood outside crying in the cold. And I will never forget the first fireman asking my dad if there were any people or pets left in the house. I quickly answered, my fish, my fish. (laughs) I had a pet fish, his name was Sheldon. I loved him so much. That firefighter, he looked at me like I had 10 heads and said, we aren't going in for a fish. It's something my family jokes about now, but it wasn't funny to me at the time. I remember I could hear the glass of my fish tank shatter and I just sobbed even more. Looking back on how it felt to lose everything, I'm reminded of Job and his wife in the Bible. Job's wife's response to their devastating losses was to curse God. Job, however, completely devastated, told her, you have to accept the good with the bad and trust the Lord's plan. He literally said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I'll leave you all with this advice. Count your blessings and don't take anything for granted because it could all be taken away from you in an instant. And you'll need the word that can never pass away to hold on to. The reason that Heather and I wanted to share this story with you guys about our house burning down is just like that old saying, you can't take it with you. Believe it or not, it is scripture. In 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 7, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Having to learn that from looking at total devastation in our lives as teenagers, we had to learn to be content with whatever state we were in. Whether we had plenty or whether we had nothing, which we did in that moment, 
we had to learn to be content, to not look for greater material gain, but to find godliness with contentment, which the Bible says will give us the greatest gain. One thing that I've noticed is that being grateful, being thankful, and being content all go hand in hand because I really feel like the secret of true happiness is contentment. That comes from my great aunt. Her name was Gracie Capitola Selfridge. She is the daughter of the midwife from last week's story. She also was such a wise, strong woman. One of the greatest things that she would teach is contentment. While her husband was away at the army, she saved up enough money to purchase five acres of land, and her father and her uncle helped them build. It was just a little block house, nothing fancy. They moved in before construction was complete, so they didn't have electricity at first. All they had was light from oil lamps, and they had two fireplaces. Um, They didn't even have coal stoves or anything like that. And she said, we sat there in the dark in front of the fireplace and with those oil lamps and we played footsie. that's, (laughs) That's all we had. But we were so in love with each other. We were so content in our situation. So that's what we did. And, and I've always remembered that. And one of the things that I've heard people say about this little house is if there's a tornado, if there's a catastrophic event, that's probably the most sturdy house around the area. (laughs) That house will still be standing. One of the things that she would also tell her children was that along the same lines, if you are really in love with your husband, you should be happy living in a tent by the lake if that's yeah. all they could afford not because they're lazy but if that's <laughs> all they could afford right there's a difference you, yeah love and contentment should carry you enough that you could live there and, and be happy the material things are not so important when you really get down to the grand scheme of things she said if you have your health you have everything yeah, that's good. So she said, you can work, you can make money, you can be a millionaire, but you can't buy your health. That was is something that I've always lived by. And she definitely taught me that the secret to true happiness is contentment. I saw a quote on social media that said, never let the things that you want make you forget about the things that you have already. Because I think sometimes we're always looking to the next best thing, Mm -hmm. but look at all the things that you have. You may have your health. You have a home. Yeah, that's so good. I remember when me and Josh first got married, we were living in this little apartment, uh, just the two of us. Of course, it wasn't a block shack with oil lamps, but it was a little apartment. And I thought, oh my gosh, I would love to have a house of our own. You know, i yearned for that, looked for that. And I had a hard time being content in the spot we were in right then. Even though now that I look back at it, it was some really special times, just the two of us in that little apartment. It was super special. It reminds me of a quote that I've heard 
uh, from Pastor Tommy Bates. He has said, if you won't praise God in a shack, you're not going to praise him in a mansion. You have to learn to be able to be happy and find joy no matter where you're at in life. If you're not happy or content with where you are, when you have more, you're not going to be any more content. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be looking for the next best thing. One person who literally has praised the Lord in a shack and in a mansion is our girl, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Yes. Yes. yes her story. Talk about true rags to riches. Absolutely. But Dolly is one of the most grateful people. She was quoted as saying that she was neither proud nor ashamed of growing up in poverty. Yeah. She was born in a one-room cabin in the mountains of East Tennessee. This is a quote from her memoir entitled My Life and Other Unfinished Business. And she says in there, in fact, we were so poor, my daddy couldn't afford to pay Dr. Thomas for delivering me. So he gave him a sack of cornmeal. I have often joked that I have been raking in the dough ever since. <laughs> Love that. That's so good. She just has the most positive outlook, the most positive sense of humor. Within that one room cabin yeah. was her mother, her father, and she said she was the fourth child of 12 kids wow. that were living in this house. She said that her mother got married when she was 15 and had 12 kids by the time she was 35 years old. If you ever go to Dollywood, her theme park in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, she has a replica of what she calls her Tennessee mountain home. And you can actually look and see what she grew up in. Her mother and her sisters actually helped furnish that cabin to make it authentic, what it actually looked like when she was growing up. So here you've got Dolly Parton, She's a living legend. There's nothing that Dolly can't do. She gives books to children all over the world every month from birth to age five. She's a country singer, songwriter. She just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw that. She donated to the fires in, in Gatlinburg. She's all the time doing something. I think she has perfume. She's got, a, obviously, the, her whole empire in Pigeon Forge with the hotel and all that. She's even got a line of cake mixes that just came out. I've had them. They're delicious. <laughs> I have not tried them yet. In perspective, who is saying this and how much money she has? And I think it really makes it that more powerful. She says, I make a point to appreciate all the little things in my life. I go out and smell the air after a good hard rain. I reread passages from my favorite books. I hold the little treasures that somebody special gave me. These small actions help remind me that there are so many great, glorious pieces of good in this world. Yeah, that's awesome. Just appreciating the basics of life. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes I think thanks in the little things mm-hmm. I think I had seen a meme on social media one time you look at the dishes piled up in the sink and you lament I don't want to wash these dishes I don't want to have to pack my kids lunch every night but it was basically saying something to the effect of well I get to pack my kids lunch because I have a child that's healthy enough to go to school or I get to wash my dishes because that means 
I have plates to eat on and we have food to eat. Absolutely. Laundry is the bane of my existence. I have said so many times that on my tombstone, it's going to read probably died matching socks. Because (laughs) I'm telling you, I feel like I just spend so much time folding laundry. I hate it so much. But that means that I've got this beautiful family with plenty of clean clothes to wear. I just really need to look at that and be a little bit more appreciative that I get to do these tasks for my family and I get to be able to take care of them. I have a little bit more of an attitude of gratitude when it comes to folding laundry every week. Okay, so this is kind of a sidebar to the whole official talk about contentment and thankfulness. I, my tombstone won't say that I dyed matching socks because I have (laughs) what I call a dysfunctional sock bin. So the socks will go in there and they kind of live there until it overflows because by that time the matches all kind of end up in there somehow. (laughs) And then there's these pairs that I've had for like 10 years and I've never had a match but I can't bring myself to throw them away because I think maybe one day that match will pop up I think I just need to give it up that is a perfectly good sock it is not getting thrown away (laughs) well yeah and I think with that I guess that actually does kind of tie in with what we're talking about is you try not to be wasteful and you don't want to just chuck something in the garbage but I think at some point you probably just need to give it up and repurpose that sock and listen on. I am here to set you free of the bondage of the lone sock that you are holding onto it is okay to throw away it's old okay undergarments away. yeah it's the lord okay. giveth okay. and the lord throweth away the lord away. taketh away yes <laughs> we said all that silly little stuff about the socks to say it is the little things Because you're right. We've got those dysfunctional socks because that means that there are people in my household that wear those socks. It's indicative of having a family or in some cases, most of them are probably my husband's. Um, Right. Last week we were talking about choosing to find the good. Gratitude is a choice. You have to choose to be thankful. Just like we said before, we have to choose to see the things we already have. And to not take those little things for granted, just like Dolly was saying, smell the fresh air, look at things that remind you that there's somebody out there that loves you. Be thankful for all of that. And, you know, there are actually studies that show that there are health benefits. There are physical health benefits of living a life of gratitude. I was reading an article from Harvard Medical School. It said there were two psychologists, their names were Dr. Robert Emmons and Dr. Michael McCullen. And for 10 weeks, they did a study on these groups of people. They asked them these questions like, how do you feel about your quality of life? How many times do you visit a physician a month? How many minutes a day do you exercise? And then they broke them up into groups and they had one group who journaled things that they were grateful for about their day for 10 weeks. The other group They were journaling things that bothered them about their day, irritations, aggravations. They were stuck in traffic, whatever. That's what they were journaling about every day. And they did this for 10 weeks. At the end of the study, they asked them the same questions again. How many minutes a day do you exercise? How do you feel about your quality of life? How many visits did you go to the physician? People who were journaling things that they were grateful for, things that they were thankful for every day 
actually saw an increase in the number of minutes that they exercised, a decrease in the amount of times they went to the physician, an increase in the, their quality of life, how they felt about their life compared to the people who are journaling about their irritations. So there are health benefits of living a life of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Wow. Another thing, kind of along those same lines, I had heard a sermon from Pastor Sean Disney, who said that he had found a similar study that stated that medical research has proven that gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist in the brain at the same time. That's incredible. It's just amazing how... There's, there is health benefits mm-hmm. to being grateful and, and just circling back around to my aunt Captola, if you have your health, you have everything. Exactly. Being content literally helps you have your health and be grateful for that. Now, I also have another Dolly quote about being thankful. Love it. Life is sweeter. When you have an attitude of gratitude in life, you can either be grateful or hateful, but you can't be both. I try right, my best true. to be grateful every day. That's awesome. I love that. Grateful or hateful. I know grateful which one I want to be. And here's the thing. I know that I have an accent, but I know you can, you can totally hear Dolly saying that in her, yep. her accent. Absolutely. Well, and sometimes it is hard, just like we were talking about last week with finding the good. Sometimes it is hard to be thankful, especially when you are going through hard times in life. You have to choose, am I going to feed into this anxiety? Again, that gloom, despair, and agony that we were talking about last week. Or am I going to be thankful for what is in front of me, what's already here? Someone else who really put things in perspective for me. I had seen a quote from Michael J. Fox, the actor from Back to the Future, who many of you know that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And one of the quotes that I saw from him reflecting on this diagnosis, he said, if you don't think you have anything to be grateful for, keep looking. Because you don't just receive optimism. You can't wait for things to be great and then be grateful for that. You've got to behave in a way that promotes that. It's your outlook. It's your behavior. Wow. I it's thought that a was way of very life. powerful. Yeah. That is so powerful. You have to make it a way of life. You have to live with that attitude of gratitude, even in the hard times. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will that you will live a life of gratitude no matter the circumstances. Yes. One of the most powerful stories about being thankful comes from Corey Ten Boom in her book entitled The Hiding Place. Corey Ten Boom was actually a Dutch girl living in Harlem, which is a city in the Netherlands. She was sent to Ravensburg concentration camp because she was caught hiding Jews in her home. And Corey's older sister, Betsy, was always the one who had more faith out of the two of them. Betsy had told her, just like that scripture said, be thankful in all circumstances. They're sitting in the midst of this literal living hell. If you can imagine hell on earth, 
I would think a concentration camp would be pretty like top two or three on the list, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And Betsy is, is sitting there and they're saying there's things to be thankful for. And one of the things she said is, okay, okay, you're right. You're right. I was able to smuggle in my little Bible here so that we can meet with the women that are in our barracks and that we could share the good news of the gospel because those women were just thrown together. You had Jewish women from different areas. There were so many different women from different parts of Europe that were thrown in that concentration camp together and they would translate in all these different languages for the women there. So she said, I can be thankful for the Bible. And then Betsy said, well, what about these fleas and this lice that we're infested with? We're thankful oh for the fleas. And Corey stopped short. She said, no. Now, I can be thankful that we're able to share, that I have my Bible, that we can share with these women. But no, now, Betsy, a flea is a creature that's never done anybody any good. It's right. a parasite. I can't be thankful for that. Betsy looked at her and said, have you noticed that... This is one of the only barracks that's infested with fleas. Guards won't come near here because of it. So wow. that meant that the female guards wouldn't come in. Fleas literally enabled them to share and to be unbothered. And that also meant that the male guards wouldn't come in for other unfortunate reasons. Right. And so in that moment, God showed up. For Corey Ten Boom and her sister in the middle of a horrible, horrible situation where another famous author, Ellie Weissel, spoke of his circumstances being in a concentration camp. And he said that he felt like God can't exist in a place like this. But the fact that Corey is seeing God and is being thankful in that place really speaks volumes because you really can be thankful in all circumstances. There's always a reason to be thankful. That is so powerful. I have never visited a concentration camp, but my husband has. And he said it was one of the most impactful experiences of his life. One thing that I've heard from our pastor, Brother Michael Brantley, who is full of wisdom and full mm -hmm. of good quotes, is you have to praise God when you feel like it and you got to praise God when you don't feel yes. like it. Yes. It is so important to praise him in all circumstances. No, we can't see it. He's working for our good. And we know in faith believing that the blessing or the healing, whatever it is we are seeking for, we're going to praise him in advance for that. And it's just amazing because there's so many parallels between finding the good that we had last week, because I think April had literally said something about your praise being powerful. A weapon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly what she said. Yeah. Life is short and is fleeting. We're not promised tomorrow. So not only should we be thankful to God, for what he's given us and thankful for the little things, the big things in life, but also 
there's so many people out there who have done things for us. If someone passes away, how many times have you ever been in the position where you said, I never got to tell this person what they meant to me. I never got to tell this person how maybe something that they did changed my life. That's hard. It may be the little things that we do for people that can really change their life. And I think we need to give credit where credit is due. We need to show gratitude to these people and thank them while they're here. Love them while they're here because that's all part of being thankful. I saw on social media another quote, and it says it comes from a page called The Wise You. And it says, ungrateful people complain about the one thing you haven't done for them instead of being thankful for the thousands of things you have done for them. And that really hit home. Going back to the dysfunctional suck men. Yes. Sometimes we do pick at our spouses. Yeah. And it's so easy just to say, why didn't you wipe the peanut butter off that spoon before you threw it in the sink? <laughs> or why, why didn't you wring out your washcloth after you took a shower? You know, we pick and nag on the yeah. little things. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like we need to give each other some grace and some credit for the things that they do correctly. The things that they honor you in. Yeah, that's so good. And it's so easy to find little aggravations, especially when you're living with someone, when you see them yeah. all the time. It is, it's easy to find those things. But going back to those health benefits of gratitude, if you choose to live a life and focus on the things that you're thankful for, something that I've done recently, because I'll go to bed sometimes and I think, oh my gosh, I was a terrible mom today. I was a terrible yeah. wife today. I was short with my kids. I was impatient mm -hmm. with my husband and I would go to bed and I would just feel awful and I would feel awful when I woke up. So what I've done is when I lay my head on the pillow, I think of three things. I don't care if they are the tiniest things that I am thankful for that I did well during that day. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I, I read them their favorite story. I packed them their favorite snack in their lunchbox. If it is, I sang them a song on the way to school, little things. If I can think of three things that I did good, I feel like I have slept better. I wake mm -hmm. up happier in a better mood. And it goes back to those health benefits of gratitude, anxiety, depression can't exist in the same vessel. Yeah that yeah. a life of gratitude exists in. Yeah. It's more powerful than we realize. It really is. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the 10 lepers. And it's in Luke chapter 17. And Jesus heals these 10 lepers, these 10 really sick individuals who come up to him. They're asking for healing. And he says, go thy way. And they go and they realize as they're walking away that they have been cleansed. They're healed. But only one came back when he saw that he was cleansed. One came back and said, thank you. Jesus was giving him praise, was giving credit where credit is due, like you were saying earlier. And Jesus said, were there not 10? Where are the other nine? And it makes me think, even if nobody else around me is able to find something to be thankful for, is not living a life of gratitude, even if nobody else yeah, gives praise in these situations. 
I want to be the one to come back. Yep. And that's what I challenge everybody who's listening here. No matter what circumstances you're going through, we all go through it. Be the one to come back. Be the one to give praise. Be the one to show gratitude and live life with an attitude of gratitude. Our final thought on that today is a scripture in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. In the King James translation, it says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. The message translation phrases that last part as let your living spill over in thanksgiving. So basically, let your gratitude just emanate from you and it'll make you a happier person. It'll make you more desirable to be around. That's true. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us again this week on the Rooted Branches podcast. We've got some exciting content coming up and we are really excited to be back with you in two weeks. We'll see you then. See you then. Thanks.